0: Welcome to the God is Able Radio Broadcast, the ministry of Old Savannah Baptist Church. I'm Pastor Austin Frady, and we thank you for joining us today on the radio. We are excited to be looking into God's word with a series on what God has to say about marriage. So join us now as we open in prayer and in song, and we dive into what thus saith the word of the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for allowing us to be able to come by way of radio to every listener that is tuned in today. God, we have a special burden upon our heart for marriage And Lord, for what you have to say about marriage in these days. And God, we ask you to touch every married couple, every husband and every wife that may be listening today. God, every young person that may be thinking or contemplating about marriage may be engaged. God, I pray that you'd put your hand upon our society. And God, I pray, may you shape us, God, and make us. And God, may you put us back to a place where we look and and we reverence what God's word says about the sanctity of marriage. Lord, we love you. We praise you and we honor you. May you get great glory out of the message today, God, give unction unto the preaching, Lord, I pray, and give us, Father, ears to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord, and God, we pray that all would be done for Christ's sake and for his glory, in Jesus' name, amen.
1: I can see her laying there, everyone around just stared, they were gonna stone her, no one even cared. The law condemned the sin She had been caught in It was a rule they knew That Jesus wouldn't stand against But when he knelt down They didn't stand a chance They stood amazed as he knelt down And with his finger to the ground He wrote a message Our sin was clear but fault he did not find He wrote a message of grace across the sands of time I can see him standing there A wooden cross and some rusty nails It seemed that evil would at last prevail Would angels come And rescue God's only son Would he heal himself and just walk away? This is not a price he should even have to pay They stood amazed as he lay down And with his stripes and thorny crown He wrote a message of a different kind were hanging all around as his own blood poured to the ground he had no sin, he died for yours and mine he wrote a message of grace across the sands of time they stood amazed as he laid down and with his stripes and thorny crown he wrote a message of a different kind heads were hanging all around as his own blood poured to the ground he had no sin he died for yours and mine he wrote a message of grace across the sands of time a message of grace across the sands of time I can see her laying there, everyone around just stared, no one but Jesus cared. I ask you the question, what
0: is marriage? Well, let me tell you what a lot of people think. You just get married and you just go through life, and that's just the way it is. Amen. Some of you thought that when you got married. Amen. Some of you thought that it was a way. That you could have sex with your husband or your wife and it not be a sin. That's what marriage was. Amen. Amen. That's not marriage. Amen. Some of you thought you'd get her money. Come on, Brother Ira. Some of you thought I'm going to get his money. Amen. And that's what marriage is. Amen. When we taught the class the other night on our, with our uh, our teenagers, we taught on dating and different things, we looked at how most everything that we know about dating, most everything they know about dating, and most everything that you know tonight about marriage comes from a culture. Now, not many of you, you've been in church some lifetime, time, you know quite a bit about the Bible. But for the, for the most part, the most that people know about marriage, about dating, about all these different things, it comes from a culture. Amen. It comes from a culture that is infiltrated with just a little bit of Bible here in the mountains of Western North Carolina, and a culture that's infiltrated with a whole lot of the world. Amen. 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 And we try to design this thing and make the make the Bible and make what God said mingle in with the culture, and that never works. And we end up failing miserably. When I began to think about these young people and teaching that class that we taught the other Monday night, I was thinking about how in my ministry, how that I have seen most every teenager that we have had under our care, that when we was at Wilmot as a youth pastor and even here at Sand, the short time that we've been here, these short two years that we've been here, as we begin to look at the young people that we have lost, that have walked out the door that we do not see, many times we lose those young people because there is a party of the opposite sex involved. We lose them when they start dating. Amen. When they start getting serious, that's when we lose them. Amen. And you know what I got to thinking tonight as we were studying for this message and praying over this, I got to thinking about a lot of the families that we lose. We lose them because there's trouble in their marriage. Not always. Don't get me wrong. That's not 100%, but a lot of times people walk out of those doors when they're having trouble in their marriage because they're too embarrassed to come to church when they're having trouble in their marriage. Amen. I venture to say that maybe not in every case, not 100%, but I venture to say many times when people walk out of those doors, it's more than what the preacher said. Amen. It's more than what somebody said. It's more than what went on in here, what they use as an excuse. I venture to say that many times there's a party of the opposite sex that's pulling them. Amen. Many times we lose people. So why is it important that we preach on this? Amen. Because of those things. Because that's where we lose people at. So what is marriage? Well, marriage is a covenant, Right. You made a covenant. You made a covenant between you and that little lady you locked arms with and said "I do." You made a covenant with that handsome gentleman that stood there at the marriage altar and you said "I do." Amen. But you also made a covenant that's a threefold covenant. Ecclesiastes four and twelve says the threefold cord is not easily broken. Well, we understand they's the man, and we understand they's the wife, but he's got to be somebody else involved for this thing to work. Amen. If God's not involved, if he, if it's not a threefold covenant between you and your husband or your wife and between God, then it will never work we look at it a lot of times like a triangle and a triangle has two points on the bottom and then they're they're connected at the bottom but they also draw a line to the top. That represents the husband and the wife and that represents God. I like to think about it like this. When you first get married, that's the way it ought to be. You were two separate individuals that were pointed toward God, focused on God and you made a covenant between you and God and between him or her but as you grow in your marriage that triangle ought to start to fold together. Amen. You become one in the flesh. You with me? You become one in the flesh. That triangle ought to start to fold together and them lines, they begin to blur and all of a sudden you and her are one. You and her and God all of a sudden. You can't even tell the difference. Amen. As you grow in this thing, that's the way it ought to work. But I'm ashamed to say that in my marriage, in our marriages, a lot of times that don't always happen. We have trouble sometimes. God's blessed me 11 years with my beautiful wife and I'm thankful for that. It's by the grace of God that we're here tonight married. Amen. It's not because I was a good husband, Brother Ira. Amen. It's by the grace of God that we're here tonight. It's by the grace of God He's seen us through some troubles and some trials. It's by the grace of God that he, he, he steered the course of our life in such a way that we're still able to be. So look with me in Ephesians chapter number 5. We say, what is marriage? Marriage is a covenant between one man and one woman. Somebody say amen right there. Amen. It's between one man and between one woman. When God created him in the Garden of Eden, he created Adam and he created Eve. One man and between one woman. And it's a covenant that is made between the two that is focused upon God. The central focus of the covenant is not upon each other. Amen? The central focus is upon God. And I found this out since I've been saved that when we focus on God, it's like a reflection. When we begin to focus upon him, we'll begin to focus on each other. Amen. When you begin as a pastor to focus on God, you'll focus on people. <laughs> if you focus on people first and then try to focus on God, it don't work. Amen. But when you focus on God, you'll always be focusing back on people because that's what God's interested in. God's interested in people. So when we focus on Him, we'll be focused on, on people. Amen. So in your marriage, when we focus together on God, then it will reflect and we'll begin to focus on each other. But we have to realize that marriage is a covenant that focuses and centralizes upon focusing, focusing upon God. So we look at that as a covenant of love. We understand that, right? Everybody wants love in marriage. Now what is love? Is love an emotion? Let me say this and I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna move on, try to come back this for it. Help me. Love as an emotion, yes it can be an emotion. But love as an emotion will leave you just like every other emotion you have. Amen? Amen. Amen. The Bible says worship they worship God must worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. If we worship God in emotion, then we worship him in vain. Amen. But if we try to love each other as a husband and wife relationship together, and we try to love each other by emotion, amen, it'll become vain. Hey, listen, those bad days at the Frady farm, Amen. Anybody else have them bad days? Amen. Does the Brooks Farm have bad days? Amen. These days that we're down in some valleys and these days that we're up on mountaintops. and if our covenant of love is based on a love that is an emotion, amen, then in them dark days, praise the Lord, the next farm down the road will be looking pretty good. Amen. Amen. The grass looks greener on the other side. We can't love by emotion. I'm going to come back to that. You keep that in your mind tonight. Looking at Ephesians chapter number 5, we look here tonight and we see, amen, that in this covenant, we find that this covenant is not a covenant of control. Say amen. amen. Ladies, you're not, God didn't, God didn't design you to control your husband. Amen. Men, I'm going to go ahead and bust your bubble. God did not design you amen. to control your wife. Amen. amen. If she will not willingly... Fall under the Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Amen. You ain't going to make her. And you can testify to that. Amen. You're not going to make her. I promise you tonight. You will not make her. Ephesians chapter number 5. Look with me in verse number 1. This is important tonight. Number 1 important thing in your marriage is your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Listen, young people that ain't married, your number 1 goal right now is you and God. Don't worry about Mr. Wright. Don't worry about him yet. Don't worry about Mrs. Wright yet. Amen. We got two Mr. Wrights back here. Praise the Lord. Three of them. Amen. Amen. Two of them single. Praise God. Listen to me tonight. Don't worry about that. Right, right now, in this stage in your life, you worry about focusing on God. Amen. When you focus on God, if it's God's will, God to make it happen, I promise you. He'll open doors, the Bible says, that no man can shut, amen. And he'll shut doors that no man can open. You focus on God, you get rooted and grounded in the Word of God. That way if you're getting a snake in the grass or you're getting a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, honey, you'll be able to tell the difference, amen. We get in trouble a lot of times because we ain't rooted and grounded in the Word of God. And we don't recognize these things. Amen. So your number one important thing in your your relationship with your wife and your husband is your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice Ephesians chapter number five. God testifies to this in this chapter. This chapter begins, we think it begins in verse 21 speaking about marriage, but it actually begins in verse number one speaking about marriage. He says, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. And can I say tonight that we can never be able to help somebody, uh, my friend, that's unsaved, unregenerated, in their marriage. Amen. It's impossible. You've got to be saved by the grace of God. You've got to know the God of heaven to be able to understand His design. And part of, and I'm going to get into this in a minute, I'm getting ahead of myself, but part of marriage is yielding to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And the unsaved cannot do that. Amen. So the number one important thing in your marriage is your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, that you know him, that you've been saved by the grace of God, that you've accepted him. Husbands, it is impossible to love your wife as Christ loved the church if you don't know how he loved you. Amen. Amen. Wives, it is impossible to submit unto your own husbands as unto the Lord if you've never been as the church submitting unto Christ. Amen. So number one, you must be saved by the grace of God. That's the most important thing. And I'm going to notice what he says in verse 2. And walk in love. Speaking of your walk with the Lord, as Christ hath also loved us and hath given Himself as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling Savior. So, number one, you've got to know Him. Number two, you've got to be walking with Him. Your relationship, actually having a relationship with Him, is important. Look at verse number 11. He says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful walks of darkness, but rather reprove them. He's saying that you're saved, you're submitted to Christ, you're serving Him, but now you've got to come out from among those unfruitful works. Listen, Amen. Young people, go ahead and settle it now. Go ahead and nail it down now. Go ahead and set the boundaries now. Go ahead and settle it right now. Come out from among those unfruitful works of darkness. Amen. And it'll help you in days to come. Amen. If you're dilly-dallying in sin, I promise you that it'll affect your marriage. Might be a little thing. It might be that smartphone. that's probably one of the most dangerous things in our homes now. You're one click away from a bad decision. Amen. Amen. One click away. Amen. Listen, if my wife wants access to my phone, she can have it at any time. Anything I've got, she's got passwords too. Our Facebook page is together. We don't hide anything. If she wants to look at it at any time, she wants to read my text messages, she can read them. Amen. That smartphone is dangerous if you hoard it to yourself. Amen. It's dangerous. I thought about the other day going ahead and getting one of them software plans so that she can see on her phone what I'm seeing on my phone. Amen. Why? To keep me accountable, to keep her accountable, keep everybody accountable. Amen? So there's transparency. Amen? Because we've come out from the unfruitful walks of darkness. Amen? We don't want nothing to do with that stuff. Why? Because I realize that sin will cost you more than you're able to pay. It will keep you longer than you're able to say. Sin is an unpleasant thing that always brings forth death. The Bible says that sin, when it is conceived, bringeth forth death. Sin always causes heartache and headache. Amen. And I'm venture to say tonight that many times, in many, many times in our marriage, that sin could be the root. Amen. Gentlemen, you do not learn to love your wives off a of pornography website. Amen. You do not learn how to please your wife off a of pornography website. Amen. I'm helping you tonight. I promise you. Amen. That's important. That's needed preaching in the day and how we live. It's right in your fingertips. And men, I know how you think. I'm a man. Amen. I know how you ladies think for the most part. I ain't figured all of it out yet. Amen. But these desires that you have, amen, this is yes. This is, hey, listen, if you said amen, if it's right, say amen. You have desires. Whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, you have desires. And when that little smartphone comes up and it's one click away, it's a hard thing to stay your finger. Amen. Hey, listen, I'm telling you right tonight. But it will destroy your marriage. I probably, there's been more than one marriage destroyed not by actually the physical the physical act of adultery, but by just looking on a website, on a smartphone. Amen? Because it gives a false sense of reality. Amen. Do you not know, listen? You'll never find help on one of them websites. You'll never find what you're looking for, gentlemen. It will spark inside of you uh, something that you will not be able to contain. Amen. So come out from among the unfruitful works of darkness. Look with me at verse number 14 down through verse number 16. It teaches us to have a conscience of life, a consciousness of life. What do you mean, preacher? It teaches us to have a a good reality of life and what God wants us to see in life. Amen. It says redeeming the time for the days are evil. Realizing that time is the one thing that you cannot store up. Amen. I got a blessing today. Let me let me stop right here and say this. I got a blessing today. My mother let me read some of my grandmother's notes that she she wrote. She wrote down a, a prayer journal. She's got a whole drawer in a big old big old dresser drawer full of prayer journals and and full of notes that my grandmother wrote that we didn't even really know that she had. And, and she let me read a few of those today. And my grandmother had had given a, a like a Sunday school lesson to a class years and years ago. And she was teaching on time and she had it wrote down. And she, she had wrote in there that time is the one thing that you can't store up. You can save money. You can put it in a bank account. You can put knowledge in books. You can obtain it. You can go back later. If you forget it, you can go back and reread it. But time is the one thing that when it is gone can never be reclaimed. That's having a good conscience of life, ladies and gentlemen. Number one, in our relationship with Christ, we've got to be saved. Number two, we've got to be serving him. Number three, we've got to be sanctified for him, coming out from the unfruitful works of darkness. But we've got to have a good conscience of life, having a good outlook of life. What is it that God really wants out of us in life? That's important to your marriage. Amen. Amen. Redeeming the time for the days or even we can't get back tomorrow. There's some lost soul we need to witness to today. We can't do it in tomorrow. We can't do it yesterday. Yesterday's gone. Hey, listen, days are fleeting day by day by day. Probably every one of you in here, there's somebody in your life that you was supposed to witness to and you didn't. And they've left this walk of life and you have no opportunity tonight to witness to them redeeming the time having a good conscience of life it's important for both parties to have that outlook toward the Lord Jesus Christ redeeming the time for the days are evil he says therefore wherefore be ye not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is that's another part of having a good conscience toward life understanding what it is that God wants out of you young people it's good for you to settle that tonight Settle that before you ever look for Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright. Settle what the will of God is in your heart. Let God settle that. Let God speak to you. And that way when you understand what the will of God is in your life, when Mr. Wright comes along, the will of God for your life will be very similar to the will of God for his life. Amen. Many times, amen, we struggle in a marriage because we are unsaved when we get married, number one. Then we one party gets saved before the other one does. And you talk about a struggle. It's constantly pulling and pulling and pulling, because one is one is saved, one is heavenly, and the other's other's unsaved, unregenerated, and earthly. And it's constantly pulling against each other. But notice the Bible says, verse number eighteen, we preach off this verse scripture, I preached off of it not long ago. And he says, Be not drunk with wine, wherein it's excess, but be filled with the Spirit. He's speaking of that verse concerning and looking toward, setting the stage and laying the groundwork for marriage. Amen. He's coming in just in a few more verses. Start talking about marriage. And he says to be filled with the Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be times in your life and in your marriage that you must yield yourself to the Holy Ghost of God. Amen. You're going to need God's help. You're going to need the help of the Holy Ghost to to know how to to communicate with your wife, to know how to please her, to know how to, to, to just go through life and do what needs to be done. You're going to need the Holy Ghost of God to raise your children. Amen. Listen, this thing about yielding to the Holy Ghost, I believe I said this Wednesday night, but it is more than just shouting in the choir. God. Hey, that's part of That's worship to the Lord. And I believe that God expects out of, out of us and that recharges our spiritual batteries. Amen. When we get to that place. But this thing about yielding to the Holy Ghost is more than just for worship. Yeah. It's practical for life. He guides you and he leads you. So ladies and gentlemen, we've got to practice in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, yielding to the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. We practice it in church. We emphasize on it in church. We emphasize yielding to the Spirit of God in testimony service. We emphasize yielding to the Holy Ghost in the choir. It was good to see a young lady come down out of the choir without somebody asking her to sing a song. It's good to see it when you just stand up, you jump up and testify. Playing the guitar, Brother Randy, you just go ahead and testify. Yielding to the Holy Spirit of God. That's wonderful. That's what we want. That's what it takes. That's what true worship is. is yielding to Him. Not waiting on the preacher to beg you or somebody to beg you to do something. It's just yielding to the Holy Spirit of God. That's true worship. Amen. But also we practice yielding to the Holy Spirit of God outside of these doors for practical use in life. Amen. Not just even to witness to somebody. Yes I believe y'all wait on the Holy Ghost of God to tell you and to give you instruction and witnessing to somebody. I believe that. I believe that's needed and key. Amen. But listen tonight the Holy Ghost of God instructs you in things as simple as not putting the mule in the pasture. Yeah. That's right. Amen. There's been many times that I've made mistakes just simply by not yielding to the Holy Ghost of God Very saying, don't do it, do this, do that. And we do it the wrong way. The same thing in your marriage. I venture to say that I could probably stop right there. And if we would implement that one principle into our marriages of yielding to the Holy Spirit of God, we would, we would find ourselves loving each other more. We'd find our marriages revived and renewed. We'd find husbands are are, are all of a sudden they're biting their tongue when they never used to bite their tongue. we find that wives all of a sudden, praise the Lord, I believe we could probably stop right there. And I believe it'd help us to to yield to the Holy Spirit of God in a practical manner. But notice with me, he goes on and he gives instruction, amen. He says, and he's speaking about being spiritual people. Look, verse number 19, verse number 20 He says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, being uplifted by the things of God, by the worship to God. Amen. It's important in your marriage. Amen. You're worshiping God. Amen. Amen. Hey, spiritual people are always happy people, rejoicing people. Notice what spiritual people are. Verse number 20, they're always thankful people, giving thanks. Listen, we we can go ahead and stop right here too. Husbands, if you'll just go ahead and thank God for your wife just the way she is. Without trying to change her. Just thank God for who she is and what she is and what God gives you. Amen. The next time you look at her, she'll look differently. Amen. Because you'll be looking through eyes at her a little differently. Amen. Wives, if you'll just go ahead and thank God right now. Praise the Lord. for. I know he stinks and I know he don't <laughs> comb his hair right. I know I understand these things. I know he don't make up the bed when he gets out of the bed. I know he don't pick up his dishes. I know he leaves his dirty clothes on the floor. But just go ahead and thank God that, he, that God give you that man Amen. just the way that he is. And I promise you, all of a sudden, it'd be a blessing to do things that you once hated. That's what giving thanks does, by the way. Amen. So he's speaking about our relationship to Christ. And in verse number 21, he merges our relationship to Christ to our relationship with each other and with God together. In verse number 21, he says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. We have to submit, amen, as Christians under the leadership and the headship of Christ as the head of the church, right? We submit to the leadership of the Holy Ghost. We submit to Christ. We submit to the Word of God. We practice submission. In our relationship with the Lord, right? Yeah, so why does it become so hard for us to submit to each other? Amen. He begins to blend this together. You can, you first have to learn to submit to God before you can ever submit to each other. Now, I'll be honest with y'all. Most of y'all know me good now. I'm a hard-headed person sometimes. Amen. I don't like submitting. Amen. You say, preacher, you're not called to. Verse number 21 says, I am. Amen. Amen says I'm called to submit one to another. That means I'm called to submit to this church. I'm called to submit to the deacons. I'm called to submit to the Sunday school teachers. I'm called to submit to the weakest to the weakest, the lay members, the sick. I'm called to submit to each and every one. Amen. And if we will never practice that, thats that we have to submit to God before we can ever submit to people, right? Because our focus on Him will always reflect back. But if we're focusing on people, it'll never reflect to Him. Amen. So when we focus on Him and it reflects back, we practice submitting to each other because we're submitted to God. Then we'll learn to submit in our marriages. Amen. You see how when God designed this thing, He designed everything to mesh and fit together. And if one piece is out of kilter, it just makes a mess. Nothing works. Amen. Amen. When we learn one thing, it falls right into place. Notice what he says here. He says, verse number 22 Wives, submit yourselves and your own husbands as unto the Lord. The next thing we want to get into tonight, he, we start out in the first part of this, and then we're getting into the marriage part. He, marriage is not only about your personal relationship with Christ, that's the most important thing. But marriage must be a priority. Amen. Amen. Now, tonight, we got a lot of priorities. And boy, God really sat down in the depths of my soul and I got to stand on this and God give me this as marriage is a priority because we prioritize a lot of things. I mean, we'll get... Praise the Lord, i like to get up here and preach on attendance, amen. No, I try not to. I figure if y'all ain't gonna come because you won't come, you ain't gonna be here no how. Whether I preach on whether you don't, amen. Every now and then, God leave me, I preach on it, amen. But the way I figure it, if Holy Ghost God don't draw you back, His preacher sure ain't gonna get you back on Sunday night, amen. So... We prioritize coming to church. That's important. That's biblical. Forsake not to assemble yourselves together as a man or such is. It's important to prioritize church. We prioritize our children. They're worth it. Amen. We prioritize making money. Amen. Supporting our family. Paying the bills. That's important. I believe a man ought to pay his bills. Somebody say amen. amen. I believe a man ought to work and earn a living. Amen. And pay his bills. I believe that. Amen. I don't believe man ought to be slothful in that. I understand everybody makes mistakes. Everybody gets fouled up every now and then. We all do. We all have. But I believe man ought to do what he can do to make a living. Amen. And do what he can do and do all that he can to pay his bills. I believe that's part of being a a good steward. I believe that's part of us being Christ-like. And we prioritize those three things mainly. And we preach on them things. We teach them in Sunday school, being safe, submitting to Christ, all those things. We preach on them. We teach on them. We harp on them. We sing about them. But we never prioritize marriage. Amen. And in God's design, he comes first. And what comes second? Your spouse. He come, Your spouse comes second. So that means marriage comes number two on God's priority list. Above, yes, I understand coming to church is being submissive to God and putting God first. Amen. But there's things in church that so your marriage comes above. Y'all never thought I'd say that, did you? Amen.
1: Bless
0: the Lord. Amen. Think about it. In God's design, these things that your marriage comes above. Amen. Amen. Your children take second place to your marriage. Amen. 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 Always. Amen. No exceptions. Amen. I know that's hard for me to preach. That's, I, I know some of you going through things I'll, I, I've never went through. Now I'm not going to say I ain't going to go through them because I don't know what tomorrow holds. Right. Amen. But I'm saying tonight that your children always come second place to your marriage. It's God first, your marriage. Then we can go on down the line, children, such and such job, on down through the line. But we have to prioritize marriage. It is a priority. Gentlemen, I understand we get busy and we have to go through life. We have to work. We have to do these things. It's important for us to to prepare for coming to church. But we must realize that our marriage is a priority because it's the foundation of the home. The home is the foundation of the church and the church is the foundation of our country. So marriage is a priority. It's a priority in God's eyes. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to hear this message in its entirety or join us in one of our services, find us on Facebook or visit us at our website at oldsavannah.org. We would like to give you a personal invitation to come and be in one of our services on Sunday morning at 10 and 11 a.m. We're located at 138 Sutton Branch Road in Silva, North Carolina.